the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Kind of looked each other in the eye and, you know, when the right time is to start a firm and we had conversations about that, whether it's a, you know, January 1 or do you not want to start in the winter because people are doing this, you know, do you want to start in the fall, all, all those different types of things and ultimately... You know, we had kind of had some conversations with people and, and just decided that um, there is never going to be an exact right time. Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, I'm happy to be with you today. You're recording fool. You're going to do three podcasts today. It's insane. And two of them are, are with you, which makes me a bigger fool. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing one with Guy Dean Martino this afternoon. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So pretty excited about it. So what's, up, what's new with you? Well, let's see. Um, I recorded a great pop-up episode last night that that should have dropped by now uh, with uh, Sarah Schaff from Headnote. That was pretty fun. Firm-wise, um, we're rocking and rolling, uh, just a little bit too busy, and we're going to be hiring some more people. Always be hiring. It's a good. It's, it's a good thing. All right. So I don't want to keep our guests waiting too long. This week we've got two guests on the line. So Michael and Brian, I'm going to do a sort of a brief introduction based on some of the information you gave me. And then I'm going to let you introduce yourselves individually so people can get a little bit, learn a little bit more about you. But so, so Jimmy, Brian and Michael have a firm named it's Foster Wallace. It's about seven or eight months old now, and they're getting more into plaintiff's work and it's injury and business side of work. Um, so it's kind of an interesting mix uh, on how they're splitting things. They came from big law. Which is which I think is kind of cool how they're going from big law to small law and mixing things up a little bit. But in, they they reached out to me about their website and you know who I recommended going going with and so it kind of evolved into more of a discussion and so I said hey come on let's talk about it on the podcast so come on so let's we're gonna do this in order it it can get complicated with two people so we'll start with Michael you want to introduce yourself talk about your background and how you got to where you are now. And then we'll go to Brian after that. My name is Michael Foster. I grew up here in Kansas City. Dad was an attorney. My uncle is, well, what, I mean, he's a judge here in Johnson County, Kansas. Aunt's a judge. Uncle's a judge in Nevada, Missouri. A bunch of lawyers in my family, long story short. Yeah, my great uncle is a judge here in uh, Wyandotte County, Kansas. 
went to school in Iowa at Drake University, played on the golf team, came back. You know, family was like, don't be a lawyer, don't be a lawyer. Uh, so I took a year off, tried to figure out what I wanted to do, and then I just decided to go to law school against their advice. Went to UMKC where I actually met my partner, Brian uh, Wallace here. Basically, our first class, we were, we were the same little section together. Both of us ended up doing pretty well in law school, really well, uh, to get jobs at uh, big law firms. Uh, Brian went to a firm called Polsonelli, and I went to a firm, a trial firm called Sugar Thompson Kilroy. What's crazy about that, I mean, we both clerked during law school, and then what's crazy is four months after we uh, took the bar and, and in our first year, Sugar Thompson and Polsonelli, Shelton Flanagan, whatever, uh, merged. So, I mean, my best friend from law school, my study partner, and I were at the same firm while I was doing more trial work, and uh, Brian was more doing corporate work. Fast forward eight years, we both make shareholder. Fast forward two from that, and we both decide to make a leap of faith and bet on ourselves, leave big law. You know, I'm sitting here in jeans and a pullover, and it's a different, different, different type of life, working a lot harder, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's more like running a business. So like Michael, I'm from Kansas City. Unlike Michael, I did, don't have an attorney in my family. I don't think I knew an attorney growing up. Actually, my dad encouraged me to go to law school. <laughs> maybe, maybe because he didn't see some. I don't know. I don't know. I actually went to UMKC for undergrad as well. I played soccer. Um, so Michael and I kind of both were student athletes in college, undergrad, uh, and then we met at, at law school. And the rest is kind of history from there. At, at Pulsinelli, I did, you know, for the most part, I did a lot of transactional work in the insurance space, the sports space, actually sports and media a little bit in um, life sciences as well. So I had a good mix of a lot of different things that I saw in terms of, you know, M&A, M&A work, kind of outside general counsel work, uh, corporate work formation, capital raises, stuff like that. You know, after around 10 years or so at, at Polsonelli, you know, we, we just had this itch. We had to scratch. We, there was, I can't say a bad word or a bad thing about uh, the firm that we were at. It was more just you know, we, we wanted to go out and see if there was, you know, a different type of, of life that we could create for ourselves. And as Michael said, we, we decided to take the take the leap. And about eight months in, we're, you know, cautiously optimistic. Um, but, you know, we're working very hard and having fun. So when you guys were shareholders and started having that conversation about going out on your own, what was going through your mind? Did you think you were insane? And did you, who brought it up first and how did it progress? Well, it happened over beers, I think. Uh, I can remember us talking about it. We we were sitting there at uh, Brian did Brian was a lawyer for the we both did work for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they invited us to their opening game. It was at a place called Chicken and Pickle here in Kansas City uh, versus the Patriots last year, and we were having beers and you know didn't know a whole lot of people there. It was like more their vendors that they invited to this deal. Twenty seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Uh, for yeah, first game of the year when the Chiefs actually beat the Patriots in New England, I believe. Yep. And uh, uh, I just remember having beers and we were talking about, you know, we we were crunching the numbers and we're like, you know, it's not, it couldn't be that difficult if we if we, you know, to to maintain the same standard of living if we just brought a few clients over or just did a little, you know, did a little hourly work with Brian's, you know, and then and then me doing more contingent stuff, we could probably make it work. And it, you know, I I had some family members of mine, a cousin who was at a big law firm as well and went out on his own. He's like, you know, I'm having the time of my life doing it. And he was doing really well. And I said, why not? We live once, you know, what, what what's our future going to look like? And this is nothing against Pulsinelli or the people there, the sh- other shareholders. 
but what's our life going to look like in 10 years from now? I mean, where, where am I going? I'm 35 years old. You know, I have young kids. Brian's got young, I mean, older kids than mine, but we both have young families. Um, you know, are we just going to be hustling, billing 2,000 hours a year, you know, just chasing, you know. Chasing the dream, you know, a little bit. Um, and the that, that carrot that's out there in the big in in the big in the big law world and this 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 you know maybe we could you guys talked about it earlier hiring people and, and running the business more um you know doing the big big love big, you know we handle the trials handle the big picture stuff just sounded enticing to us and we we started uh at that point we just started having lunches probably a couple times a week amongst each other just to talk this this idea we had in september 17 wasn't like this i mean it wasn't like hey we're doing this we were just like it was more of like um we were just brainstorming, like, could this actually even work? Um, because we didn't, we didn't leave um, until, gosh, ten months later. And so it was, a, it was a very long, thoughtful conversation and exploratory period where we tried to do as much due diligence as we could. And as, as Foster said, going out and, you know, ham hammering out lunches, uh, not just with ourselves, but with a bunch of people around town, solo small firm people, and. Um, just picking picking their brains and you know seeing what the opportunities were out there. I think that's really interesting because I think I, I remember those conversations that I've had in the past, and I'm sure Jimmy remembers those, and most people listening remember that moment when you start talking about, okay, is this possible? Can I make this work? And it's really an exciting time. And then at some point, you've got to act. You've got to do something. So what what convinced you all you all could do it and and I guess when did you drop the hammer and say we're going to do this and what 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 actions did you take to 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 get going I can't look back and point to anything it was it was a very kind of like organic just slowly started to build we we had conversations with with some other lawyers who potentially were thinking well, I might want to join you. You know, I might want to do this. So we had to explore those things. We had to do this. And then finally, there finally came a point in time, I think, where we chatted about, you know, what our business model was uh, enough. We had talked about what our business deal was enough that, you know, we kind of looked each other in the eye and said, you know, we are doing this. It's a matter of when. And and the win was always a problem because, you know, you're worried about like your fiscal year stuff at your current firm, you know, when the right time is to start a firm. And we had conversations about that, whether it's a, you know, January 1 or do you not want to start in the winter because people are doing this? You know, do you want to start in the fall? All, all those different types of things. And ultimately, you know, we had kind of had some conversations with people and, and just decided that um, there is never going to be an exact right time uh, when for us to pull this trigger and we just it was almost I mean I think over a over a span of a week we the, these conversations started mounting and getting a little bit more um, I, I don't know I don't know what the right word is but it was like almost like palpable like this is happening well yeah I think uh, we and just we, I, and we went in and had our conversations with our respective kind of mentors and um, higher ups and said you know, we told we told them what our decision was and all that. Um, but even leading up to that, what our you know what our big one of our big concerns was from a timing perspective, how how much do we have to put into this business first before we leave? And what we didn't want to do is we didn't want to go out and have we didn't want to spend like six months or a year 
building up a website and, and brand and, you know, our logo and all that stuff so that when we left um, our old firm on day one, we had all this stuff up and running because I, we thought that that would kind of look a little bit disingenuous. Like we were just getting paid by our old firm to go, to go develop our, our, our business outside of it. So we, we really only had started some of that process and talking to like potential, you know, partners or service providers, you know, weeks before we left, because we were, we were very concerned um, with, you know, rubbing people the wrong way. And we wanted to, when we were going to leave, we wanted to leave the right way. Yeah. And, and that said, we, I remember we left in late July, we both went to Colorado on vacation with our family, kind of stupid, you're not getting a paycheck and you're on vacation, but uh, both of us wrote, I, I mean, I, I want to say 300 handwritten letters to everyone at Pulsinelli that we kind of were friends with and knew over those 10 years, you know, wishing them the best, uh, you know, to, to keep in touch, knowing that, you know, we, we, those were some of our best referral sources because we didn't have a, you know, huge, we weren't out there at the... We, yeah, we, we weren't going, We our plan, and we told everyone we left, we weren't out there to go out and try to like, you know, some people leave big law and, you know solicit and steal clients and do all that stuff that wasn't our we had no intent of doing anything like that so we knew we were starting starting from scratch but like i said i mean that's just we just we wanted to do it how we felt was kind of the right way and just based on how how the firm had treated us for 10 years and we just kind of wanted to treat them in kind all right so let's talk about when you came back after having written all those notes and then you're sitting somewhere in a place where i guess you're going to have an office Talk about those first few days and what was going through your mind at that point. Terror. Maybe first three weeks or so, we were in at Foster's um, in-laws, just in an upstairs office, staring, one one shared desk, staring um, at each other, working all day. And that those first few weeks, um, it was... It was completing all the letters, getting all that stuff out. It was trying to hammer out our website with our service provider. You know, it was all those little things that you do to try to try to start a business. Um, there were a few things that were actually referred over from from Pulsinelli that we were handling, kind of working with people from Pulsinelli. Uh, so there was there was some work to be done, but for sure it it was you know you have you have no safety net at that point. You're you're just you're out there, you've done it, you've made the decision, and you know we just knew, we just knew that we had to do everything we could to make it work. So, it was, um, but it was all you know. Obviously, it was there was terror, but there was a lot of optimism. And you know, you have you have you have one day that it's a that you get a lot of stuff done, you feel really good. Maybe you have you know a good lunch or a coffee or something like that, and then you know you have two days that are just off and. You don't feel like you got as much stuff done as you wanted to, and it's like I never had a day really where I was like truly questioned whether we made the right decision. But you just you you still have early on kind of those little up ups and downs, not not giant not giant ones, but just you know you're just dealing with the emotions of all that stuff and kind of confirming with yourself and your partner that you made the right decision. I love it. I, I I think it's it's really interesting, Jimmy, hearing these two just describe their journey so far because it it brings back so many memories, same memories that that I had whenever I started my firm. So how how did the two of you split up the division of labor? So who does what? Do you all have different roles? How how do you handle all that? We both kind of row from the same 
you know, we're, we're, we both work together. There's no like, Hey, you do this. I do this. I mean, we've, we trusted each other. We went to law school to, you know, you know, a lot of people probably don't probably could never have a partner. I'm lucky enough to be able to have a partner that I trust that I think is, I mean, he's going to roll his eyes, but I think is 10 times smarter than I am. Um, but we both have our strengths. We both have our weaknesses. Um, and I think we know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And we just, you know, if, if he's busy, you know, billing by the hour just to keep the lights on, I'm busy, you know, pushing those contingent cases forward or working on the marketing or, you know, calling someone about helping us with marketing or websites or, or drafting articles to help, you know, push Foster Wallace, you know, uh, you know, grow it a little bit. Especially early on. Early on, there's just kind of this natural division of labor because of what our what our practice areas had been um, and kind of filling the holes on stuff we were getting in. And, you know, I mean, we, you know, it's so all the corporate stuff, you know, I was kind of doing and, and any sort of litigation stuff Foster was doing. Um, and you know, we, we've started to kind of cross over on some stuff, me more on his side than him coming to mine. Um, but then we just, yeah, we just filled in gaps. You know, we, we've taken in, you know, some you got to do whatever you got to do kind of to get by. And so we, we know a lot of people in real estate. Um, and so we've done some landlord tenant work and it just seemed kind of more natural, uh, even though it's kind of in a courtroom setting though, at the time, based on what our workloads were and who was doing what, I just kind of stepped in to fill in that role and, and Foster had stepped in to fill some roles in other areas that, that he had not really worked in before. And it, so it was, you know, we, we work together and talk about almost everything that we do um other than the corporate work yeah I mean, other than the there, there's no way that i'm coming from a litigation uh, to, uh nothing against litigation but i just think it's it's easy it's easier for anyone like brian can help me with looking at a brief or doing some research on a specific topic where i can't really do any i mean <laughs> i would know the first thing about a capital raise or some corporate formation i mean i just i was never trained that way but litigation is a little easier just to come in and uh pick up Nothing, yeah, nothing against really good trial attorneys because there's something to be said there. Trust me, there's a lot of uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot I don't know. Yeah, but there's a, just some of the general stuff by the yeah. that we we help me draft discovery. You know, think on. of what think of what we need to ask. So this conversation started uh, with Tyson regarding your website, and I have a couple questions. One is. I know there's like a famous actor or composer named David Foster Wallace. So I was wondering if you were worried about that impacting your uh, SEO. And then when the with the website itself, I think I think it's sort of an interesting website. It feels to me in looking at it almost like it's two different firms split down the middle. I mean, you have that jump box at the front on the front page taking you one way or another, which I generally like. But it feels sort of like your website is split almost fundamentally in two different ways so we're in the foster wallace part, yeah i guess yeah that is a concern there was a flip side concern for us though for the, for that saying that there's also you know with me doing more plaintiff's contingent work there's a big firm in kansas city wallace saunders uh so we were concerned about being wallace foster you know wallace saunders not really sure we didn't really talk about you know some other name we didn't know what we'd grow into you know because you know some firms use initial some firms use you know, Kansas City injury attorneys or something. Well, you know, we couldn't I'd be honest with you. I didn't know where we were going to go. Are we going to be an injury firm? You still don't know. I mean, you still don't completely know seven months in where where you might develop a certain type of niche. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is a concern. But, you know, 
Foster Wallace Law, you'll be able to find us. Yeah, know? but it definitely was at the beginning when we first put our website up. People would when you were, when they were looking up Foster Wallace, they got David Foster Wallace, the writer, and we got that all the time. But our website, to your point about kind of splitting down the middle, you know, we were getting we were getting some kind of referral calls in very very early on before we had our website up. And it was like, oh yeah, no, I couldn't find you on the internet. Um, and so we were, you know, we were racing to get something up. And our website right now, I mean, we just kind of view it almost as like it's a validation website. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a business card. It was not. We, we at the time we didn't have a bunch of money to spend to do, you know, all the SEO and all that stuff. Um, and so we just we scrambled with a. Uh, there was some. Some ladies in town that had left Big Law, they were marketing. Um, one was a chief marketing officer for a for an AMLAW 100 firm here in town, and she kind of helped set set that concept up um, because we knew at the beginning we needed to drive some of the hourly work, so maintain the stuff on my end, and we wanted to drive um, to kind of confirm what what Foster could do. Um, and so that's why actually the reason why we reached out to uh, Tyson is. We we're talking to a few service providers right now about like a complete overhaul of the website. That's what that's what we're looking into now. So that was our, that was very much what we knew it was very much kind of a a temporary thing and purely almost business card validation type website. Jim, I, and it's really funny that you say that about it, it feeling like two different websites because I was trying to figure out what. What it was, what was bothering me, and it's it's the two buttons that you say. One says I have a case. One says I have a business, and it just that it's it is like two different websites, and it drives me crazy because if I'm a business owner and I need you all, and and, and basically I, I feel like I've got a case, but I've got to click. I have a business button. Um, there's definitely got to be a different way. What I love about it is all, are all the images of the two of you all standing there with Kansas City in the background. I think it's a really cool. Uh, set of images that you all have in there. I don't know how that works with your site speeds. It, my guess, it probably slows down your site speed, but I'm not sure about that. But yeah, no, the, yeah, we we need to we need to pick that up. We're aware of that. Yeah. So what's interesting? So the biggest problem, and you all are right right now, it's just a business card. And in one of my emails, I talked about you know you all could do a lot of this on your own if you do some some of the legwork. And it sounds like you all are doing some of the leg legwork already by creating content articles things like that and you're putting them in other areas i don't know where you're where you're distributing those you'll have mentioned writing some articles you should be throwing all those articles on your website so you can repurpose that content because when people the only way people are going to find you right now is if they search for you and even when they search for you they can't quite find you so you all need to start pumping content 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 into here and i don't really know how you're gonna the, the website up between the two of you. I think some people might recommend that you have two separate websites and maybe you have one Foster Wallace website, fosterwallace.com, and that be your business card. But then when you click one of these buttons, it takes you to a separate website that talks specifically about your practice areas. Now, I'm, not, I'm no SEO expert, but my guess is, is that you, if you will have enough content and enough time to, to put everything together, and another thing is enough money to hire someone to do two websites. I, I think that probably what they're going to recommend is that you do have two separate websites because the, the practice areas are 
way different. They're not similar in any way, in my opinion, um, unless I'm missing something. It seems like they're way different. And so you, it, it may make sense about ha- make, to have two separate websites. Jimmy, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I was going to be one of those people who suggested that they might have two different websites. I, I think that having an overarching one is a good idea, but I also think, you know, one of Seth Price's um, mantras or one of the things that they do is they sort of build a web page or a website around each lawyer and about that lawyer's expertise. So if you look at Price Benowitz, they have a lot of different attorneys who have different practice areas. A lot of them do criminal, but for instance, the immigration lawyer has her own um, domain name, website, and I do think that with the with the inconsistent or with the two different kinds of business practices, that's going to cause problems because the purpose of the website is to, number one, you 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 overcame reason number one, which was we needed to get something up so that we could, you know, look legit for our clients. Number two is um, you want to start providing information so the people who are looking for the answers to a question come to your website that ultimately I know that there's SEO and I know there's all these games with language and all that stuff but at the end of the day you want to be answering people's questions and I do think that the website needs to be a whole lot more robust and it needs to have your voices right and then the the one thing Tyson that the one thing that that I might stick with just the one website is the fact that they're dealing with uh, at least on the corporate side, they're dealing with sophisticated clients who are used to seeing sort of these, no offense guys, bland, boring, um, you know, white collar law firm type website. So to that extent, I mean, they can't get crazy and zany like we do with YouTube and all that stuff. But at the same time, I do think that they can infuse a lot more personality and I think separate it out to make it clear who does what, what they do and what their expertise is and build that around each personality. Gentlemen, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, I, no, I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, one of our thoughts too is, is you know, maybe it's a different website with uh, not Foster Wallace and keep our Foster Wallace business card um, and just focus on the plaintiff's contingency work with what you guys just discussed. Uh, uh, you know, people aren't, we're not picking up Brian's clients you know, on the corporate side, uh, from the website at all. I mean, these are referrals. Um, there's no corporate clients that go out there and try to search the internet for their next business attorney. That's, you know, that that's just more of the injury, you know, people that don't know what they're looking for. And in, like, an in, you know, someone gets in a car wreck or, you know, that's where SEO comes in. I, I don't think, maybe I'm crazy, but, you know, Brian's ideal corporate client would come from our website at all. So, you know, maybe it's just us developing a new website that's just completely uh, focused on contingent cases. Yeah, you guys raise good points. I mean, that's and that's um, things that we'll we'll take into consideration and things that we're kind of discussing with these service providers because we're just brainstorming about where where we want to take it. Um, you know, and how much emphasis we want to put on the corporate stuff versus more just the litigation. Um, you know, we do have. Got a ton of content that's written right now, and we were oh, we were actually kind of in the middle of green lighting, you know, throwing a bunch of content up on the website when we kind of decided, you know, to hit the timeout button and and say let's let's actually try to um, do this as as part of a potential more major overhaul of you know our website or to your point development of a kind of a secondary one. 
I, I think it's great that you, you all were able to hit that pause button and recognize that you needed to make sure you're heading down the right path because I, there are some mistakes you can make early on. And I learned a lot of this from William Eady. The setting up your website early on is very, very important, especially if you're going to start pumping in the content all at one time because site structure and making sure you set it up the right way and putting putting links in the right places and content in the right places and linking to that content is all really, 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 really important. Um, a couple of the notes about the website in general, uh, you, I think you need some sort of lead capture. The contact us is not enough. Um, having some sort of lead capture on this above the fold page is gonna be important. I know that's a little bit more difficult with there being the two practice areas. That's a little tougher. So whether you go with this website or separate websites for each of your practice areas, I think it's you should have some sort of lead capture so they can contact you right from the homepage. That's that's a, a big part of it. Um, another thing is, and I'm glad you said you'd created a bunch of content. Hopefully, you've also created a bunch of content for the corporate side too, because I agree with you that most of them are not going to be finding you from the internet. They're going to be referral based. But there are also there's a, you creating content for your corporate clients, you can send emails to them, newsletters, you can send them, if, let's say they've got a question about something. It's, it can be really helpful if you can send them a link from your website to show that you've written about it, to show your expertise. And so even though most of your clients are not going to find you from the internet, which is fine, showing your expertise in a, in a bunch of different areas is going to be very helpful to you in selling some of those clients because some of these may be referrals, and, and I'm, I'm making some assumptions because I've never been in that world, but I'm, my assumption is, is that someone refers you a business, a bigger client, and then you sort of have to sell them on some stuff. And so uh, you could basically go in, I picture sort of a meeting where you meet with them and kind of have to sell yourself. And a way of selling yourself is having that website with all that knowledge that you put out there to your corporate clients, and they can, they can see that you can demonstrate that you know what you're talking about. So um, add a lead capture. Definitely had content for both of you. Um, I, I don't know how you created your content. One suggestion I do have is both of you just sit, sit down and think about you know, the 100 most common questions that you get from clients and just create content about them. Um, whether it's videos, whether it's writing articles, you can dictate whatever, whatever's easier for you. We, we talked about hundreds of ways of creating content um, in, our, in, in different episodes, but um, I would just start pushing out the content as much as you can and getting on your website, but just make sure you get that site structure right. Any Jimmy thoughts about? I just talked for a lot, a long time, but Jimmy, any thoughts about that? Yeah, so I think that those are all great points. I I have to say that the hair on the back of my neck stood up when you guys said we have a bunch of content ready to go. That's always the mark to me of someone who is afraid to push send or publish, and I I. I don't want you to get bollocked up with perfectionism and having to have it just right. I know obviously you have to edit and do your due diligence and make sure everything's good, but what if you just posted one thing a day for the next month? I mean, don't make it bigger than it has to be. Try to make it doable, bite-sized pieces. You guys are obviously very busy. And I think the best thing to do is just to create content about what you're doing during the day. Gary V talks all the time about just, you know, recording, quote unquote, recording, or just telling what happened and, and about, you know, what you worked on. That that kind of stuff is is interesting to people. And it's really easy to turn into content. If you drive home at the end of the day and, and talk into your phone in an anonymous way about what you did that day and or what lessons you learned or things you taught your clients or things you 
overcame, not in a braggy way, but in a content creation kind of way, you guys would have a ton of uh, more, ton more content, and and that's going to help whoever you end up working with on your website to to capture your voice. The articles, I know that we need to be writing those. That was a good point you guys made about the hundred pieces of you know questions, like when clients ask us questions, create a piece on that. A lot of the content we've written though is is you know about different practice areas. If you go to our website now and you like see what I do, and it says like insurance issues or personal injury, it doesn't have anything or following that. So it's a lot of it really creating good top content, uh, even better than what I've seen out there. You know, for my own, I've all, I've written this stuff on you know car wrecks or just breach of contract, whatever. You know, stat, you know site certain things, site law. I know people aren't interested, but just, you know, tries to show that I know what I'm talking about. So that's more of the content I've written. But yeah, I need to do a better job of blogging and actually writing about what people, questions people are, people have. And, um, you know, I wrote, and I haven't published it, and, and this just goes with not being scared to publish it. It's more like when we try to roll out this new website, put it in this new website is, you know, 15 to 20 page document that talks about the process of a, of a lawsuit. So when the first client comes in, you know, and, and, and how we analyze their case to, to, to an appeal. And it goes through all the stages and tries to answer questions that we think the client might have along the way, you know, telling them what to bring, what we'll ask them to sign at our first meeting, assuming we want to take them on and why we not, we might not want to take them on. And then after that, you know, talk about, you know, the demand letter and, and our investigation, everything we'll do. And uh, so we've written that, but yeah, we need to put it out there. We just, uh, we're just trying to figure out with our with our website and and where we're going, and if we're gonna you know hire someone to build a website for us, how we're gonna incorporate that stuff in. So, and I can't remember if I asked you this via email, but what? How did you create this website? You you hired a couple people. Do you know if they, is it a WordPress website or do you is it is from a template? It's, do you have any any idea? Yeah, it's WordPress. You know, we um so we talked to a few people um, early on about website creation stuff. Uh, neither one of us are necessarily tech savvy and we had a um you know a little bit of a, of a of a budget you know we were getting we were getting bids on websites with like SEO stuff and all this for 20 you know $25,000 and and you know we that was just out of our budget um at the time and when we we thought there's a chance that we'll have to revamp this thing you know in the, in the near future so you know, when we worked with those the the two um, ladies, Firesign Marketing, um, you know they're they're more on the the brand marketing type stuff. They helped us do our logo and all and all of our the content that's on the website now. And we just you know we needed we needed something quick and dirty and fast. Um, but you know, we think they did a a great job and, and got us everything we needed at the beginning. You know now being seven seven months in or whatever and, and us starting to get a better sense of you know, we want our website to be a business generator, something that to your point, you know, someone Googles, you know, an, an issue and, you know, our content starts to pop up. And and the only way I think for us to start to do that and get anywhere close to first page is is you know build a, a way more robust website with with all the content and all the things that, that you guys are talking about. All right, so this is great. So there, we're gonna. I'm gonna start to wrap because we're kind of over time. But uh, let's continue this conversation offline so that we can, and and I'll get you in, in, in touch with some more SEO companies so you can kind of feel them all out. And then 
Um, we can talk more about, you know, maybe if you want to do it yourself. Uh, I don't know if do it yourself is an option for you all if you really want to do that, but we've, there's some different options. I, there's some really good lawyers in the Facebook group, uh, William Eady primarily, who it's, they, they do it all themselves and they, they've got, I, I think, I'll go on a limb and I'd say that they probably have the best performing nursing home negligence website in the country from an SEO standpoint. So you can do it yourself or you can go with the company either way. Um, it's just about getting a lot of the, the basics done up front and we can talk about that offline. Um, but I do wanna wrap it up. Before I do, I wanna remind everyone to go to the Facebook group and get involved there. So Brian and Michael, if you've not gotten on Facebook and gone to the Facebook group, get involved because people are giving away all their secrets and it's fantastic and um, uh, people are really, you know, really willing to share. So it's great. Also, um, go to iTunes, give us a five-star review if you've not done that yet. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? So our buddy Ryan McKean said at the beginning of the year that he's not reading any more business books, that he's sick of business books, and I totally get it. So I've been trying to read more more fiction and more biographies and, and just good stories, and I'm reading a great one now. I'm actually listening to it on Audible. It's It's insane. It's called Billion Dollar Whale. Now, I love stories about sort of psychological manipulation, but this is about a Malaysian financier, a young kid who would throw these huge parties, and I think he embezzled a lot of money. He's probably going to be indicted pretty soon, but it's a crazy story about, about this dude with lots of cash, lots of parties, lots of models, and Hollywood actors. It's, it's absolutely mesmerizing, and I highly recommend it. It's called Billion Dollar Whale. Wow, that is interesting. Okay. Um, all right. So, Michael and Brian, we, I don't think I warned you about this, but what we like to do is we have, we like our guests to give a tip or a hack that they've been using that's helping them in their practice. And so, if you need a second to think about it, that's fine. But uh, do you all have a tip or a hack for us that, we, that you can tell our listeners? A couple things for marketing. I, I'd say, you know, we <laughs> early on, you know, do those coffees with people. Try to have a coffee with every with a lawyer. You know, a couple times a week. I, you know, lunches are great, but they get expensive, and you know, they're bad on the waistline. Um, coffee costs three bucks. You get to sit down with someone for thirty minutes. It's a great use of time. Uh, you never know who the next referral is going to be, and uh, you know, that's some good advice. Uh, other, you know, other things I'm thinking of right now is anytime I have a good result with a client, or I'm talking to another lawyer that I've worked with in the past, ask him to. Give me a five-star Google review. Um, you know, we 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 have 25 reviews now in seven months, which is great. All five stars, um, and uh, probably 10 of them are from other lawyers that have worked with us in the past and um, trust us. And I think it really helps when we do get that website up and going. That'll really help, uh, you know, validate us even more that you know other lawyers trust us. When you've got uh, business partners. Um, you know, I, I would I would just say just from kind of an operational perspective and, and long term, you know, relationship perspective, it's, um, you know, F Foster and I, we, we are very open and transparent with each other. We don't let issue, you know, we don't, if something comes up, we don't go in our offices and stew about something where, um, you know, so I would just, I would say that, um you know, from a from a trust relationship standpoint, you know, leave it all leave it all out there. I mean, talk about all of your issues up front and 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 continuously, and try to address everything you can. I mean, that's how that's how we do it with each other. That's how we try to um, work with our clients. So, 
I don't, I, I've got nothing magical. I love it. Brutal honesty. And I think that that's, I think that's crucial. I think, I think you're, you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's really good. All right, gentlemen. So my tip of the week, there are two books, and I think that these may appeal to both of you if you're wanting to do your own website. Um, and these were recommended. He actually recommended on Facebook, uh, Andy Stickle, two books by R uh, Russell Brunson, .com Secrets and Expert Secrets. And so I, I've sort of used these I've sort of skimmed through these. I haven't read them, but I've, I've actually skimmed them, used them as a sort of a desk reference as opposed to just reading it uh, from cover to cover. And they're really good desk references. So uh, check them out, .com Secrets and Expert Secrets. All right, Brian, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. I thought this was a lot of fun, just kind of tossing around some ideas and, and giving you all some feedback. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah, really appreciate for having it. us. Appreciate it. All right, let's keep the discussion going. Have a great week. Bye, guys. Bye. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.